Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Welcome to our second podcast. Snow. Hi. Welcome to episode two of Spill the Tizzle. Come and put the kettle on and spill the tizzle. everyone and um, we hope you really enjoyed episode one we got a load of listeners and we are so pleased and so grateful for all the support so this week we are going to build on kind of what we talked about last week um, and talk about our experiences living abroad so because we both studied French at uni you had to do a year abroad in a French-speaking country and we're gonna tell you about all the fun and exciting things that came with our year abroad yeah so we went to the Caribbean for the first half of our year abroad Uh, specifically to Martinique, which is an overseas territory of France. We had the possibility of traveling around the Caribbean to lots of different islands. And then in the second part of the year abroad, we went to Paris, both of us, but in separate. Yes, we were together in Martinique, but then we kind of did our own thing in Paris. And we did see each other a little bit. Yeah. And so I guess, first of all, I don't know if we've ever actually had this conversation. How did you kind of feel on the lead up to like us leaving to Martinique like I had never been even to America at that point or on that side of the world so I was terrified I was never scared Mm -hmm. or anything because I knew I was going with you yeah and people I knew yeah Liv was coming and I knew that we were going to like an Erasmus program so a couple other people from other universities were going through the same kind of thing we're going to be there I wasn't scared my parents were so like encouraging and they were like oh I can't wait to go visit you in in the Caribbean it's a whole different world out there and it was something that we really wanted to experience and like get to know other cultures really immerse ourselves into French even though (laughs) we even speak French (laughs) we'll get to that (laughs) um generally I I was really happy I I was excited I wasn't worried I think I was excited but actually so I don't know that I ever told you this I like had a breakdown the night before we went like I was sobbing and I was like mum I don't want to go like it felt like go through these things it felt like going to uni all over again and I was like oh my god I don't want to do it I don't want to go and she was like get a grip don't be so ungrateful you're going to the Caribbean but I think in my mind I kind of thought although we were going together I imagined us being dropped in like a, a dorm or whatever you'd call it with the uni students that spoke French and I'd be there like bonjour and that was like all I knew and I couldn't speak French and I was terrified of going to like classes that and is, not knowing anything this is a lie because you can actually speak French well that's also want, a lie but all right if you, <laughs> if you were put in a situation with a French person and they didn't speak in English you would be able to have a conversation no 100% I could but I would just <laughs> it is no I would never choose to <laughs> um so I guess when we first got there um it was for me especially, well actually probably for you too, I'd never been to kind of like a Caribbean island, had you? No. So it was so like completely different to England, like the beaches were so cute, the weather was lovely and it was perfect, when, it was like a dream. When I think about it, I really can't remember the first like week of us joining. <laughs> I just remember getting to the Caribbean with you, with Liv and another friend and yeah we were the four that went from Nottingham yeah. uni and then there was there were two people who spoke English and there were French students there so yeah. we went to a university called Université des Antilles mm-hmm. for a year abroad you had to decide if you wanted to work or to study yes and we decided to both do half of the year studying and half of the year working because I also wanted to have some money because I thought if I don't do any work like I'm just gonna yeah have to and I some, don't even know how I'd do it. And some working experience as well. Yeah, for, for sure. So when we got to the Université des Antilles, there were two people, two students who were showing us around and kind of 
explaining to us how the nightlife is as well and the social circle circles and um, going to classes and what classes you're taking. So they were the, really supportive and immersed us into uh, their, their way of life, their yeah. student life there. And so they made it a lot easier. And then when we got to, so we had a whole floor basically of, so 12 rooms and then on one side and 12 mm -hmm. rooms on the other side and each person had one room. We had a kitchen each. And the kitchen was just... It had the bare minimum. Yeah, there were like two stove. That was it. There was, and there was no fridge. No, there was no fridge. There was no oven. There was nothing. There was two stove tops. And there were like four cupboards. And so then, I think it was after we'd been away on the half-term trips, when we all came back, I don't know whether it was because we'd left food out. or I don't think we would have done that, though, but there were maggots everywhere you couldn't even step in the kitchen because you would have stepped on a maggot it would the floor was lit like a sea of maggots i've it never is. seen that many maggots in my whole entire i don't think i've ever seen a maggot before and it was just unacceptable we, and we had to clean it because yeah. Liv couldn't she, she would gag every time she had yeah. to take out the rubbish yeah so she was like can't go near a maggot so me and debbie were there like picking up all of these maggots on like um just pattern brushes and it was just oh it was, you couldn't pay me to do that again there were just so many bugs like i, I get the caribbean is like lots of forest and stuff but in the rooms the mosquitoes i have my little princess oh yes um, thing covering my bed yeah. so i would just sleep there like peacefully like a mummy yes and I don't know. I remember a couple of people screaming because there were cockroaches in their rooms. <laughs> oh, oh, just, dear. I can't stand bugs. So there were 24 people on our floor and it was all Erasmus students from all around. So they were from Germany, from Austria, from Lithuania or oh. Latvia, was it? There was a guy from Romania. Okay. There was other English people. So there was other guys from um, different universities in the UK. Um, but I think that was where it all kind of went wrong because that's why we spoke no French. Because why would you put all the Erasmus students who speak English together? Because I remember Liv saying, my dad says we should all speak uh, French from like the end of October. Like we'll have like a, a month to get ourselves settled and then we'll all speak French. And I was thinking, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> Never. We're going to do that. I think at one point I was speaking to you in French so I could practice my French and you were replying to me in English, but it would just be a one way. I mean, that shows I can speak French because I understood what you said. Right, okay. <laughs> so during in the curriculum at Université des Antilles, we had to do a certain amount of credits and the at the end of the year we had to pass some exams, even yeah. though did we? <laughs> I wasn't even in the country for a couple of months. I think there were eight exams and I think I passed four. From what I can remember. Right, and I'm pretty sure... I've, no, we didn't even pass. I think we failed them all, but we just had to sit them. Oh, <laughs> maybe I only sat them all. <laughs> um, so the classes were like Latin, French, obviously. We did a class in Creole. So that was kind of the French-based Creole. So it was kind of the language that they spoke on Martinique. So it took elements of French. So it was kind of similar to what we've been learning. But it, it actually, no, it wasn't at all. It was really difficult. It was. I, the, I don't... I don't Do I even remember? I, the only thing I remember is pas de Penny problem. Penny problem. Because I have a t-shirt on it. I sleep in. Um, so yes, yeah, so we did Latin, French, Creole kayaking yes yeah, so you could do a sport module um and we chose kayak and we went to one class the first class and that was it and i remember we went to the first class and the teacher was like we're gonna um kayak to saint lucia and i was like <laughs> um, 
Are you sure? I've never sat in a kayak before in my life. Um, but it turns out we didn't. We just sat a kayak to the next bay. But I think the the exam was you just couldn't fall out of the kayak and you passed. And you had to be able to get back in. I think. Well, if you did fall out, you had to be able to successfully get back in. I definitely oh. couldn't. Well, we didn't even take the exam because I swear we were in. I don't even. We were somewhere else. Somewhere else on a different island. And then we came back and we tried to ask the professor, "Can we please?" do the exam so we can actually pass and you know not have issues with our university yeah and he was like um well i hurt my toes so i can't go into the kayak so i'll just say you pass <laughs> so i was like sick yeah and then kayak and then we also did like history of the creole yeah. language and then also the culture there so. so it was really interesting like we learned a lot that i would I don't think we would ever have been exposed to otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. So that was cool. So these classes, they weren't really monitored. So you could go in and, I mean, we tried to go to all the classes, but, but then... Their school day started at, was it 7, seven or 7.30? 7.30. Yeah, so we had classes that started at 7.30. And it was like baking hot heat. But, and I was like sweating in my bed like, I can't possibly go to class, look at me air. <laughs> it was just mental. Uh, it was it was hard to adapt to the climate. It was. Because especially you. <laughs> I was just constantly sweating just the entire four months we were there. There was never a moment You always just had sweating. a fan in your face always. at all times. My hair was always bigger than anything you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and before then, before going to the Caribbean, I'd never seen you with curly hair. I thought you had straight hair. Well, you'll never see with me with curly hair ever again. <laughs> so we tried to explore as many parts of the island as we could and I don't know who came with, up with this idea and I don't know who found this area but we were going to go on a camp oh oh <laughs> I forgot entirely about this so <laughs> this is my fa- one of my favorite memories of it you just you can't deal with rum like your it body was, just rejects rum it was that dark rum like Malibu <laughs> and Bacardi I'm chilling but like like real real ma- hardcore ma- Caribbean rum dark cat. rum no it's not for me <laughs> Yep. And you always insisted on drinking it. I know. And you just wouldn't take no as an answer. So we were going to do this yeah. like thing with the whole group. And we were about, I don't know, 15, 25, 20 of us? Yes, yeah, so we were going to drive. It was like, I mean, it wasn't that far away because the island was tiny. But we drove to like this um, hidden away beach. And, and they said, this. so we, were, we all had different cars. Yeah. And we split up and we said, okay, we have to be there before the sun goes down because we actually have to walk it. But people said it was walking, but it was actually like a hike. Yes, yeah, so it was like through a forest or whatever yeah. to get from the car park to the beach. And we left quite late because I don't know a class or I don't know Liv, you were late or something. <laughs> and there was traffic because there was this this truck that had toppled over at the top of the like, the hill and there's only like one highway to go from a to b yes. on the entire island so we were stuck there in traffic for about two hours mm-hmm. so by the time we got to the campsite it was dark we'd miss the sunset yes well it wasn't even the sunset it was just the fact that you had to see where you were going yeah it was just pitch black and then we didn't have service there so we couldn't call anybody we had all the food all the burger buns all the like meat and bearing in mind we're in like flip-flops and shorts and we're like hiking through a forest and this was right after hurricane matthews so every Everything was just destroyed in the forest. There were trees. Everything was just... It was chaos. <laughs> and then we were walking down. <laughs> you were, my flip-flop broke. Because I had those, like, Primark pound flip-flops. And it just kind of, like, the um, two, like... The thong part. The thong part just came apart. And I was walking barefoot through this forest. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a hike. It, was, it wasn't easy. It wasn't. And they said that they put, like, a, a little piece of tape to make sure that we go this, the right we way. We can't see the fucking tape. <laughs> So we got there eventually after like hours and it was all chill and we, we had like drinking. a barbecue and yeah stuff. there was somebody playing the guitar yeah. we were all singing it was the dream 
And then <laughs> we were drinking, and I was so angry because we were late. And you know, we like to be on time. Yes, I love to be on time. I hate lateness. It's my biggest, biggest pet peeve. I know, and as is mine. So, <laughs> so we were just generally annoyed already. Yeah. When we so I was just downing some rum, and I think you were too. Yes. And then we started like eating and blah blah blah. And then we were just super happy. And then the next thing I know, wait, no, was it you who went also into the ocean? Yes. <laughs> For some reason, we thought it would be a good idea. Like, the waves in Martinique were quite big. And, like, we'd just, it had just been the hurricane, so, like, the weather was still pretty chaotic. We thought it would be a good idea to go and skinny dip. And I'm not kidding. I honestly could have drowned. Like, you really could have drowned. I think Theo, one of our friends that was there, was looking at them and being like, oh, that's so sweet. They're all just, like, in the water, just playing around. And then somebody are like you know they're naked right there. And he's like, oh shit, it turns around. It was really funny. Anyways, so you came back and then <laughs> people just kind of go, went off to different places to fall, to go to sleep. And mm-hmm. I didn't have like a sleeping bag. So I was sharing with somebody else. And then you, I don't know where you went, but you just went to your own little corner and went to sleep. Well, I can tell this story. So this is what I do remember. So I clearly was a mess and I had no sleeping bag. So I just decided to go and lie on a towel. That was what I was going to do. I was going to sleep on my towel. It was going to be chill. But I was also being sick. So yeah, so I was being sick. Then as the tide came in, I had to like move away. And then I was being sick, so I had to move away from my sick. So I was just like, and obviously no one wanted to sleep next to me because I was being sick. So I was alone, real, which is probably not safe. But anyway, the next thing I remember is I was asleep on my towel. And in the morning, I just remember waking up because the tide was coming in. And I was like, oh, and then the tide would go out. And I'm like, fuck. Then it would come in again. And I'm like, oh. And it was just like watching over me on the towel and I was so like I didn't know where I was or what was happening I was, so, I was probably still drunk or beginning to be hungover and I was like oh my god can I just wash me away now please <laughs> it was so funny and I was just soaking it was, you weren't the only one there were three or four other people and then you, I think I woke up at like six or seven to see the sunrise everybody was just huddled around like the campfire that was dying down oh that was amazing oh. So yes, that's my favorite memory of you. (laughs) My worst memory for Martinique is when, so obviously in France or in Europe in general, they drive on the other side of the road. So what we do in the UK. And so we had rented a car and Liv had drove it the entire time. She was great. It was like second nature of her. I was like, come on, let me drive it once. Bearing in mind, I'm not a good driver. It took me, I failed my driving theory five times and my actual test once, maybe twice. I'm not sure. So I'm a terrible driver anyway. So I was like, come on, Liv, let me drive, let me drive. So I drove literally 100 metres down from uni to the local, like, little shop. And I was like, it's going to be fine. It can't go that wrong. So I I had to back into this, like, tiny little car park. And I couldn't, I was reaching the wrong hand down to grab the gear stick, which was obviously on the other side. And it was all just a mess. And long story short, I ended up crying in the bloody shop because so, like, distraught about what had happened on the, like, six-minute drive down. It was just awful. So I'm never driving in a car on the other side of the road ever again. Some of my other favourite memories were when we got to travel to other islands. I mean, how often... Can you just live in the Caribbean? This is true. Like, I'd never even heard of Martinique or some of these islands, so we were obviously going to take the opportunity as we, once we were there. Absolutely. So we went to, and this is my favourite island ever, and my favourite place in the world, really. It was Dominica. Mm-hmm. Lots of people think that's the Dominican Republic, but it, I it also is, thought this, but it's not. It Two separate not. places. It is not. Um, it is one of the most remote places you could go to. There's barely any Wi-Fi. It was the best Airbnb we could find and it was in the middle of nowhere there was like this gazebo outside but without the 
the deck, the top part of the gazebo. And I remember just lying down in the gazebo and looking up in the st- at the stars, and it was so super cheesy. Yeah. But we just see thousands of shooting stars. Oh, I wasn't real. I don't think I'd ever seen a shooting star before until Never in my life. Time. Never in my life. And it was just such a mesmerizing place yeah. to go to. And it, you really just took a step back. We didn't have any Wi-Fi. We didn't have any, like, electronics. We were just talking. We watched, There was a TV there with VHSs. Oh, yes. And yeah, we watched, like... This blue planet or something. The guy who owned the Airbnb was actually from somewhere up north. Do you remember? So we got there and he spoke, he was like, had a British accent. And I was like, where are you from? And I'm sure he was something like Ashton and Alive. And I was like, what the fuck? How have you ended up here? It was bizarre. Um, so this was in our kind of, it was like half term or whatever it was. And um, we'd gone kind of as a collective group to Dominica. Um, but this was also half term in the UK. So this is when my parents were visiting with my brother and stuff like that. So I had to leave halfway through the little trip. But I came back to Martinique and spent it with my parents. Um, and it was so much fun. It was so nice to have them there. But like on Martinique, they didn't really speak English people generally. Um, and you wouldn't have really been able to get by as a wholly English family. You wouldn't have really been able to order in restaurants or get in touch with an airbnb for example and my french was definitely not the best at this point not that it is the best now and i was the only one who kind of spoke french obviously and i had to contact this airbnb woman and be like meet us somewhere and i couldn't think of what any of the words were so she answered the phone and she was like hi like what, what's up and all i could think to say was the, the, meet us at the mcdonald's so there was this one mcdonald's on the island and i couldn't even think about how to properly say it i was panicking and i was just Le Magno, Le Magno. And she was like oh Oh, and we ended up in the car park of this McDonald's and she was like, hey, and I was like, hey, and we somehow made it work. <laughs> um, but it was so much fun. And like, um, it was something that like my parents would never have gone on holiday to Martinique. At, like they'd never even probably heard of it. How did your parents deal with the heat? I think my mum probably cried most of the time. <laughs> um, but no, I think they really enjoyed it. So while Phoebe was back in Martinique with her parents, we, as the Erasmus group, decided to go to St. Lucia. And it was actually really nice as well. Any, any Caribbean island is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a really cool Airbnb, and there's this famous street parade that you could go to. And we all went collectively as a, uh, as a group, and there were like food stands, music. It's, it's super vibrant and an experience you should definitely go to when you're in St. Lucia. And then I went to the States. Um, I went to visit my family and friends in Washington, D.C. That was cool because I guess it's so much more expensive to go from the U.K. So while you were so, there... The flights were so cheap. Yeah. And I, was, I mean, I wasn't going to say no. No, of course not. But this was during the time when we should have done our Latin exam. And I was not there. <laughs> but at this time, you were going to a different island. Yes. Yeah, so me and Liv, our other friend who we've mentioned, were going to San Martin which is another um, island. And I remember we booked it and then we were like, shit, it's the Latin exam. And Liv was like, should we cancel? And I was like, we probably should. And then we were like, nah, we don't care about about Latin. I'm not going to be here. (laughs) So me and Liv went to San Martin and oh my God. So me and Liv are just like the nightmare twosome. So we're both as stupid as each other. I just, I can't even believe this story. (laughs) We just egg each other on to be ridiculous. And that's why it's good when Debbie's there because she's like, guys... Let's be sensible. Let's not be stupid. Whereas me and them are like, no, let's do whatever. So in San Martin, there's the famous airport, the Princess Juliana Airport, where the planes land over the beach. You can lie on the beach and the planes will go over your head. And it's really cool. And there's like the fence where you can, where there's the runway. So the beach is here. There's a little road. And then there's the fence where the planes are taking off. And is there like a good distance between the two? 
between the beach and the runway? No, I'd say there's the beach, a road of about a meter, maybe two meters thickness, and then the fence to the runway, and the runway is there. Um, so there's loads of massive signs on this fence that says like, don't stand near the fence, keep away, stay on the beach, don't come here, danger, danger. Um, but there were loads of like men holding on to the fence as the planes took off. And I remember saying to Liv, oh my God, there's so many men doing this. Why can't we do this? Come on, let's, girl power, let's go and hold on to the fence. You're so stupid. And I was like, these plates, like how, how bad can this be? So me and Liv, we leave all of our shit on the beach, just like Kindles, everything. We weren't worried about it being stolen, but we just left it all there, towels, everything. <laughs> um, and me and Liv cross this little road and we're holding onto this uh, barbed wire fence, or not barbed wire, we're holding onto this fence. And there's loads of men around us, like big men, like my dad's size. And I was thinking, oh God, are we going to be able to do this? Um, so we're stood here and there's this massive like American Airlines plane. The course, the time we chose to do it was then. Um, and the plane hadn't even done anything. Like it was just stood there. And I was like, fucking hell, it's a bit hot. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sweating even more than normal. And me and Liv were like, oh shit, this <laughs> so that's a bit much. Um, so we're holding on to this fence and we're like, nah, come on, we can do this. So, but, so it's hot at this point, but it's like bearable, but it's hot. And then the plane starts like revving or whatever you call it. And I'm like, right, I'm being cooked. My face is going <laughs> to melt off. But I'm like, no, come on, Liv. We're going to be fine. It's fine. Just turn your face away. So we're turning our faces away. We're just like chilling, chilling, chilling. And then the plane begins to take off. And I swear to God, I've never felt anything like it in my entire <laughs> life. It was literally, it felt like I was in an oven, maybe. My legs were up in the air. Like I was holding on. Like it was horizontal, me and Liv. We were holding onto this fence and we were literally horizontal. The air from the plane had blown my shorts off. So I was now just in my bikini bottoms, hanging onto this fence, horizontally, may I add. And Liv then, I was like, Liv, I'm going to have to let go. So I let go, fly across the road, literally land in the sand, bypass the road entirely. And then Liv's following me and we're on the floor. There was sand everywhere, sand in my eyes. I can't bloody see. I've got no pants on. It was just mental. And then after this has all died down, I'm literally like burnt. My face is burnt. I'm embarrassed because everyone's looking at us because we're these ridiculous girls. But this was a good idea. And then we turn around to go back to our stuff and all the shit's in the sea. <laughs> so Liv's, Liv's towel, Liv's Kindle, all of our stuff is in the sea. I'm crying. This man is like, is this your towel on? And he pulls it out of the sea. And it was just the most ridiculous thing we've ever done and I'm so glad sorry Liv but I'm so glad we've never been anywhere else just the two of us since because I think one of us would have died <laughs> I've heard this story so many times every single time I'm close to wee myself <laughs> it was just I don't, I don't know what came over us I don't know why we thought that, that was going to be a suitable uh, idea I'm so glad I wasn't with you because this is an excellent story <laughs> happened if you'd have been there you'd been like guys get a grip <laughs> so after visiting a couple islands like dominica saint lucia saint martin uh, we also decided to go to new york city mm-hmm. because the flights are quite cheap i had never been before i think you probably had i i'd been i think i was like 12 yeah and actually a funny funny story mm-hmm. we were just at times square i think and this lady just comes up to me and i was i was 12 my brother was Five. And this lady just comes up to me and she like puts a microphone in my face and she's like, what do you think about Britney Spears' 2007 breakdown? And she's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who are you? And she's like, we're MTV. Can you answer the question? Stop. Yeah, no joke. Oh, wow. And then I was, I, I was really like nervous. I didn't know how to answer. And then my brother just started talking. And I was like, how do you know Britney Spears? <laughs> um, 
Anyways, so we were in New York City for Christmas time and it was magical. Oh my God, it was unreal. I think when you go on holiday, you often think, oh my God, this is going to be great. And then sometimes you get there and it's not quite what you imagined or it doesn't live up to the hype. New York was exactly like every TV show you've ever seen. It was exactly like being in an episode of Friends. And I was like, this is sick. We even went to the Friends building we and did. took a picture in front of it. Yeah. Oh, iconic. <laughs> um, we also went to Rockefeller Center and did oh, ice skated. Oh, it was just, it literally was magical. It felt like we'd be in a Christmas film. <laughs> we were film. only there for about five days. Yeah. Even less. But that was, it was plenty for us at that time. It was great. Yeah. And then we went back to the, to Martinique and then I think we like moved out on the 17th or 18th and then of we're December. Gonna, of December and then decided to go to Barbados. Yes. And we were so lucky to be able to go there with a couple of our friends. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice ending to the trip. Barbados was... I think it was quite emotional as well when I said goodbye to everybody. Uh... Yeah, definitely. When we got to Barbados, I was thinking, oh my God, we're going to see a celebrity. We're going to see someone famous. And I was well excited to see like Rihanna on the beach. Um, but as it turned out, all we saw was Simon Carl's two dogs. And I didn't even know who these dogs were. But then one day we were sat on the beach and Liv was like, oh my God, it's Squidly and Diddley. And I was like, who? She was like, Simon Carl's dogs. Like, How do you know that's what they're called? We went to the, do- to the dog walk and we're like, is this Simon Carl's dogs? And they're like, yeah. we can't say this. Yeah. And then Liv was like, can I stroke it? And she was like, no. Right, so that was a really good ending of the trip of the whole Caribbean experience. I think we went back home to like... It was like Christmas. Oh, actually, I went to the States. I went to to California. Oh, you did, yes. And it was was a really, really emotional time. Yeah. So this is going to go into like the whole Paris segment because we went to Paris in the second half. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went to California to spend Christmas with with my family and I have like, I don't know, four aunts and uncles, like 20 cousins... And my grandma and my grandpa. And that was the last Christmas I was able to spend with my grandpa. So mm-hmm. it was it was super emotional. I went back to Switzerland and my mom and my dad and my brother came to Paris to pick me up. because So oh. they live in Geneva, but they drove up to Paris because it was just cheaper mm-hmm. flights or a direct flight. Um, and they came and they like had a sign and everything. Oh my God, this was a terrible experience as well because I don't, I can't sleep on long haul flights. Right. I was coming back on the 30th of, of December so I could spend New Year's with my family. And on the way there, because I had to start work in Paris on the 1st, or on the 2nd. Oh, wow. So I arrived in Paris, and we drove down to Geneva that same day, which is only like a five or six hour drive. Drive back to Paris like the day after. To live. To live for like five months, six months. So it was just a very stressful moment. And then Liv gave me this sleeping pill to just sleep on the plane. And I was like, I've never done this before, but okay, let's go for it. And I took it. And I remember I just, I was zonked out. (laughs) I don't remember anything. I just remember this lady, like when we landed, this lady looks at me and she's like, are you all right? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) And I don't remember getting off the plane to the point until we get to Geneva. (laughs) And within this time, I went through passport control and I'd lost my passport after getting through passport control. It was mental. And then we get to I get to my parents and they have the sign. I'm like, oh, I love you, love you. I don't actually remember this whole situation (laughs) happening. I just saw the pictures. And then afterwards we go back to Geneva and I'm getting outside the car. And then I'm like, where's my phone? And so I look for my phone. I found my phone. She's like, where's your passport? I'm like, "Mm -hmm." what? Oh, God. So I didn't know where my passport was. So I spent the day in Geneva. Then I moved back to Paris the day after. And then I stayed with my cousin because I have a couple cousins and an aunt that live in Paris. So they let me stay in their flat for a couple of days before I found my own accommodation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was kind of the transition between Martinique and the beginning of Paris. So I went home, we both, I went home, home for Christmas. So I was in, back in the UK for Christmas. And then actually, I'd forgotten all about this. Me and my friend Grace went to Thailand in that January. Sorry, what? Do you remember? Because my friend from home, Grace, she was studying abroad in Australia. Um, So we were both on a year abroad and she wasn't coming home for Christmas. So I wasn't going to see her. So we met halfway, is it halfway? In Thailand. 
So I spent that January in Thailand. Yeah, I believe. Because I only started work in Paris. I think it was the first of Feb. So I had like a bit of a bigger time to chill. So I worked for a business school in Paris. Um, so kind of where you would go after university to do like a postgrad business master's program yes exactly um, and I worked in the admissions office and um, it was really cool because they had students from all over the world so I was like it was super international I was speaking to kind of students in China that were thinking about coming but again not really using my French as much as I should because I was talking to international to international people, people. and I think only half the classes were in French because obviously people from different countries don't necessarily speak French the people I worked with spoke French um, so we spoke like French in the office a little bit but not overly. <laughs> so you really didn't use any French throughout the entire year that we were abroad. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but my experience in Paris was quite similar to the experience in Martinique. There was um, lots of other university students, not from my uni, but from other unis in the UK, that had um, also got work at this business school. So there was a little group of us. And we kind of also hung out with the students there. So they were similar age to us. So we had kind of a nice social circle and we used to go out on nights out and stuff in Paris. And it was so expensive, I can't believe. So we did so many nice things together in Paris on the times when we did see each other. And our, I think both of our favorite restaurant in Paris is Le Petit Olivier. It's a little quaint restaurant that if you guys hear this and you want to know where this place is, let me know and I'll DM you the address because it's so adorable. It's like someone's living room. Like, it's really small. The tables are really tightly packed together. There's the, the owner, this guy, and he always comes over with, like, little glasses of red wine, and he has a fridge full of homemade desserts. And it's so quaint. It's so authentically French. There's a restaurant like that in, in London. Mm -hmm. It's in Soho. What's it called again? Like, the... Pierre Victoire. Pierre Victoire. That is my favorite restaurant in the whole of London, I think. Really? I mean, I think so, but nothing beats the Parisian version. Yeah. It's one of my favorite cities. I could live ever. there without a shadow of a doubt. I could move there. Right. No, I could not <laughs> live there. I, I was born in Paris. I lived there for yes. three years. I don't remember anything of that. But mm -hmm. my parents, when it came to like my third birthday, they were like, right, this is enough. Debbie needs like the suburbs <laughs> and like a garden to play with and a playground. So we moved to the States. But... I wanted to experience the, the, the Paris life mm -hmm. and be able to remember it. And it was, it was very different, my yeah. experience. Um, I worked at this recruitment agency for lawyers and paralegals. So we were, I was just doing the screening process, basically, and just calling candidates. And I, I was using my French. <laughs> at least someone was. <laughs> um, and my boss was actually amazing because she let me take part in like interviews as well. And I had so much experience for what inevitably gave me the job that I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. But it was my living accommodation in Paris. Oh my God, I've never, I don't... Um. It was, it's something I think everybody should experience, even though it's maybe not the length of time I did it <laughs> in. So I lived in, you know, those like in Paris, there's those made rooms at the top of the, the building and there's no elevator, any lift, sorry. <laughs> there's no lift in the building. So you have to walk up the stairs. I was on like the seventh Floor. I can't remember this. It was unbearable. It was. And in the summer, it was boiling. And so there's a little room. I think it was like, like you eight could, meters square. You could stand in the middle. And if you put your arms out, you could touch both walls. Yeah. Literally. I had a little kitchen in there. It was, it was bizarre. I remember us having a sleepover in that tiny bed. I don't know how we did it. I really don't know. It was an experience. It was. It was fun. It was and really cute. It was like... I lived in the suburbs of Paris, so it wasn't quite like you look out the window at the Eiffel Tower, whereas yours was. And it I was, was really super beautiful. central as yeah. well. So like I walk outside, five minutes down the road is Opera. Yeah, exactly. So. I love how you're saying like Opera and Martinique and I'm like, Eiffel Tower. 
French accent, I'm not. I, I can't do it, like Celine Dion. I can't any, say any French accent, I don't think, actually. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. No. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of Paris was really tough on me because my grandpa had just passed away and um, shortly after, an uncle of mine passed away as well. So it was just a lot of heavy, difficult news and I couldn't just go back home to, mm -hmm. to my family. So I was living with... At this, at this point, I was living in that little room uh, on the seventh floor. So it was really hard to get into like the social circle because you need to, in Paris, when you're new in a city, you have to kind of spread your wings and be like, let's not fear this and meet strangers and go out and open yourself up. And I couldn't do that because I was in this state of mind where it was, it was all depressing. I was really depressed. And the work, although the work was amazing because I was learning so much, I was doing a lot of, I was working on my French as well building up my CV, I just, I closed myself off from everybody except for my family. It was, it was a really difficult time, but I learned so much. And by the time, I, and in Paris, it's really depressing when it's like cloudy and yes, there's just is. no I sunshine. Totally I swear, I don't, I don't think we saw the sun for like three months. Honestly. So when it came to like April, May time and the sun was coming out and I was feeling a lot better, yeah. I was just, going out and I had a friend that babysat me when I was like I don't know 12 mm -hmm. in Geneva and she was living in Paris then so I moved in with her in May time I just remember like nights when you would sit in front of the Eiffel Tower and then the sunset in the background and you'd just be in the grass having like your rosé or your, like glass yeah. of white wine it's just it was really it was drastically different from my experience in the Caribbean mm -hmm. and it taught me so many lessons and I'm grateful for what happened sort of how you've grown from it how stuff. I've grown from it so I mean, it wasn't the best experience the first few months, but when it came to summer, it was like I didn't yeah. want to leave. Yeah. But then I also don't think I could ever live in Paris because it's just too much. It's the same with London. I love London for a short amount of time, mm -hmm. but like I'm getting close to the point where I'm like, <laughs> right, I need some like fresh air, some mountain air, some lake, some ocean. Like, no. I love London, but no, oh my God, I absolutely love Paris. When we used to sit on like outside in a cafe outside drinking red wine, the Eiffel Tower was on your doorstep. It was... There's so much history as yeah. well. and there's All the art galleries, all the museums. Oh my God, it's just... I would love to live there. I hope one day that I will. At least for a short amount of time. I think it would be lovely. And maybe I can pick back up my French. Or begin <laughs> to learn the French. It's all there. It's all there. You just have to dare yourself, you know? That's what's scary. Like, I think what always scared me is if I spoke to a French person and I'd say something wrong, they'd be like... <laughs> You, you idiot. Whereas I think to myself, I would never do that if someone couldn't speak English properly. So I'm just making up these scenarios in my head that would never people happen. Are it's just scary. Sometimes. Parisian people are terrifying, especially. <laughs> like they are, it kind of like London people. Like people um, from London are so like, they don't smile at anyone on the tube. They don't talk to anyone. They don't help each other. Maybe that's a stereotypical view, but that is definitely what Parisians are like as well. This is, it's very true. I'm not going to defend them. <laughs> so that was our experience with our year abroad. We hope that helped um, if you're listening and you're in uni and you're thinking about doing a year abroad, it can be quite daunting at the minute, especially with Brexit. You don't really know what's happening with Erasmus. Um, or if you're just generally thinking about moving to a European city or moving to London or anything like that. Um, I hope this gave you a bit of an insight into how we dealt with things and what was cool and what fun experiences we had. Um, if you wanted to send in any questions that you wanted to know more about, and we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, so we are going back to London. Yes. Finally, after, what, 12, 12 13 weeks? weeks? Oh my God. So when you're hearing this, we will already be back in London. So I guess we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you all back again this time next week. Toodles. Bye. 
If you've made it this far, first of all, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Subscribe for more and send us a DM on Insta with anything you'd like to hear. My Insta is at Phoebeast, P-H-0-E-B-E-A-S-T. And my Insta is at Callie Rose, C-A-L-I-I-R-O-S-E. See you next time. Bye. Bye.